This week on the Rail Splitter, the Abraham Lincoln podcast, we're talking about Mary's trip to Gettysburg on the anniversary of the Gettysburg Address, and we're going to share with you some holiday gift ideas for the Rail Splitters in your family. Welcome to the Rail Splitter, the Abraham Lincoln Podcast. My name is Jeremy. With me this evening are Rail Splitter Nick. What's going on, podcast people? And Rail Splitter Mary. Hey, Rail Splitters. And before we get to today's topic, which I'm very excited to hear about, which is uh, Mary's weekend traveling through uh, parts of the United States to get to Gettysburg, Pennsylvania for the 165th. Is that right? 55th. 55th. I knew that. 155th anniversary of the Gettysburg Address. Um, Before we get to that, we do like to share Lincoln news with you all. And the um, most uh, prominent Lincoln news that I came across this week is the announcement of the Lincoln Leadership Prize, which is now an annual prize given by the Abraham Lincoln uh, Presidential Library and Museum Foundation. Uh, to a notable person and this year 2019 actually it's going to George W. Bush which um, I think is an interesting choice which we'll chat about in a second but just to give you a little bit of context on the Lincoln Leadership Prize the very first recipient was in 2006 uh, and that was Supreme Court Justice Sandra Day O'Connor it used to be a biannual award every other year um, so in 2008, it went to Desmond Tutu, um, who was a anti-apartheid leader in South Africa. In 2010, it went to Captain James Lovell, um, who you may not know, but you definitely do know because that was Tom Hanks. Tom Hanks played him in Apollo 13. Um, so already we've got quite an eclectic group of folks, um, ranging from from O'Connor to Tutu to Lovell. Uh, in 2011, it became an annual award, and it was posthumously um, given to Tim Russert, who was the host of Meet the Press for many years. He also was featured pretty prominently in the Lincoln Museum. If, for those of you who have been there, there's like a kind of like a mock TV room kind of um, control room for a TV show, a news show, um, where Tim Russert is covering the 1860 election as if it happened in the early 2000s. Uh, which is kind of an interesting um, thing. It's like a little 10-minute thing. They go through each of the four candidates, um, most prominently, obviously, Lincoln and Douglas. Um, so that's kind of a neat thing that he did for the library. Uh, but Tim Russert uh, got the prize in 2011. In 2012, I went to Lech Walesa, who was um, the Polish president, who um, was a kind of – he's now looked at as kind of a freedom fighter who fought communism after the fall of the Soviet Union. On 2013, it was 42. Bill Clinton uh, got the prize. And then 2014, it went to Spielberg. Coincidentally, right around the same time that the Lincoln movie came out. So Spielberg, Steven Spielberg, earned the prize in 2014. In 2015, it went to the Little Rock Nine, uh, who were um, trailblazers for school integration 
in Arkansas. 2016 went to Doris Kearns Goodwin, who is a well-known writer, as we know, famous for Team of Rivals. 2017 went to Neil deGrasse Tyson, um, who is the world's most famous astro astrophysicist, probably, um, and an awesome guy, good Twitter follow. 2018 went to Tony Blair, former Prime Minister of the UK. Uh, and then 2019, of course, is going to George W. Bush. So we got some pretty heavy hitters in there. It is a pretty distinguished prize. Um, just so you know, there is an annual reception in Chicago, I believe, in early April for uh, the prize, where obviously the, the the library foundation gives it to the the recipient, who gives a speech. Um, I looked at because being a member of the museum. Um, we get notified who's going to win, and we get invited first to the to the banquet. Um, when Bill Clinton won it or got it or however you want to say it in 2013, I was like, "Awesome! It's in Chicago. The chance to see a you know president speak. You know somebody um, who obviously I have issues with, but I also liked in many ways. I'm like, this let's let's do it. And then I looked at the prices. It's insane how expensive it is to go to this banquet, like more than even a daydream, like, oh, maybe if we save here, save there, um, like a table is in like the tens of thousands of dollars, individual tickets, I think are like in the $500 range, like it's really, 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 really expensive. Uh, but I also think it's a fundraiser for the museum, and I'm sure there's a, an endowment that goes with the, to the recipients and all of that kind of thing. Um, are there any press passes given? That's actually a good question. I wonder if we can look into that. <laughs> that would be cool. So, yeah, I'll give it a shot. What the heck? Okay. We'll, we'll see if we can cover it and uh, do an exclusive <laughs> interview with the former president <laughs> of the United States. Um, well, I yeah. should probably watch what I say following up this. Yeah. We start talking about it. Yeah. Could, we'd like a press pass. Please don't listen to any of our back issues yeah. or back episodes. Um, so... The choice is interesting. Um, I will say personally, um, in my personal opinion, no historic figure that I can think of has grown on me more over time than George W. Bush. When he was in office, um, I disliked him strongly. Um, I still disagree with much of what he did, vehemently disagree with the Iraq war um, in all phases. Um, his education policy was disastrous. His tax policy was against everything I believe in. Um, but, uh, at the time I probably wouldn't have said this, but I really do believe that he is a good man, a good person, I should say. Um, I think in his post-presidency, he's done some nice things. His father has done some very nice things with the Bush Clinton foundation. Um, so, and of course the current president has made me very much appreciate people like George W. Bush, who I, I do feel now in hindsight was doing what he felt, what he believed in and what he felt was right. And it was not this nefarious thing because I think my political views are pretty clear. Um, and I do uh, have some respect for him that I've definitely gained over, over time. So I think that I, I have no problem whatsoever with the choice of um, giving this to him. Um, obvious no, i don't know if it's obvious or not personally i think that uh, jimmy carter would have been a better choice especially because he's so old <laughs> and we're we're not going to have jimmy carter for a whole lot longer probably because he's getting into his mid-90s now 
Um, but looking, if we're looking solely at former presidents, um, I think that uh, Jimmy Carter would have been a good choice. Um, and then there's also scores of women, I think, who um, could maybe round this list out because currently um, there are just one who's won it on – no, two, excuse me, Doris Kearns Goodwin and Sandra Day O'Connor have won it or received it or however you want to say it um, as individuals. And then, of course, um, I believe three or four, four of the Little Rock Nine um, or five of the Little Rock Nine were were women or are women so anyway i don't know what your thoughts are on george w bush uh getting the lincoln leadership prize when you saw that i think he's uh he's actually a hell of a painter um i'm pretty sure that's not why i got nominated but he has done a lot of painting is uh within the last two years i've really realized that george w bush and jim carrey are quite the artists <laughs> as far as painting goes um I don't know if anybody outside the Russians, the Saudis, and the Trump family has benefited more from the Trump presidency than George W. Bush's presidential legacy. Uh, that's for damn sure. Um, so, but yeah, I mean, I think he's kind of turning into that. Oh, he's kind of like our old grandpa president, you know, <laughs> so goofy and fun. Um, you know, but then you think of some of his policies. I don't know how cuddly he is, but um, yeah, I mean. It kind of goes with the territory for something like this. You need to be able to sell the tables. I believe if there's like a uh, connection with George W. Bush through the Abraham Lincoln Museum. I thought I saw that somewhere when I was looking at this. I don't know how true that is, I guess. Um, but yeah, it, Jimmy Carter, I agree, would have been a better choice um, as far as ex-presidents go. But, you know, that's how it is. Uh, Jimmy Carter, though, kind of keeps to himself a little bit more than George W. Bush does at this time. Jimmy Carter just like does whatever the hell he wants. He does. Yeah, Move but, it's, all, but like, it's always like very altruistic and yeah. makes the world a better place, you know. Yes, I say that without like he's not doing whatever the hell he wants in a selfish way. It's like I'm gonna live my life and I'm like the nicest person ever. Um and I'm gonna build houses when I'm ninety five years old. As I sit here in a WWE hoodie thinking about <laughs> God, I'm tired and can't wait to go to bed. So but yeah, those are my thoughts. Yeah, I agree with what both of you have said. I, uh, when he was president, I was not a big fan of uh, George W's, but he has certainly grown on me. Um, and yes, as Nick said, he is quite an accomplished artist. So I think it's an interesting choice, and I, you know, don't disagree with it. But yeah, he's kind of has like you said it perfectly, Nick, the, the grandpa kind of president, you know, and. Uh, yeah, I think it's, I mean, there's there's worse choices out there, I'm sure. So I think it's good. Yeah, and I think, I'm, I'll am i be honest, I'm totally, I'm swept up in his friendship with Michelle Obama. I think it's like the most adorable mm -hmm. thing. <laughs> I don't know why, like, <laughs> everybody seems to think that that's so amazing, and I kind of think so too. So, uh, but anyway, that's uh, great. Please uh, don't hold our opinions against us if we apply for a press pass. Um because I would love to hear what he has to say about President Lincoln and that legacy and how he feels about them both carrying the title of Republican and President of the United States and where he fits in, perhaps where his presidency may fit in as a wartime president, as a president who led, um, led our country through a significant threat. I mean, arguably between 
George W. Bush, FDR, and Lincoln probably faced the biggest threats to our country, I think, than any other president. Um, I mean, you could probably throw in Madison with the War of 1812, I guess, in there because we were so so young at the time. But um, I do, I, I would imagine his speech about Lincoln will mention Lincoln facing a crisis and him facing a crisis and how that may relate. Um, speaking of paintings, um, the there there's a all of the recipients of the prize have very large paintings in the Lincoln Library, in the kind of the main foyer area, and they're very well done. Um, so that's definitely worth um, checking out um, too. So um, George George W. Bush's will will join in those paintings. So. Um, that's kind of another perk to the, the prize. And then the prize itself is a kind of a sculpture of Lincoln's hand that was taken from a from a mold. So it's actually the outline of his hand. So it's kind of cool. So uh, that's all the Lincoln news we have. Um, but we, we do need to get an update on what it's like to be in Gettysburg for a fairly significant, I suppose, 155th anniversary. So... Uh, we'll turn the show over to Mary to fill us in on what, what your travels to Gettysburg were like and your side trips and all that good stuff. All right, well, thank you for letting me talk about it on the show tonight, uh, guys. It was an amazing weekend. Uh, so I was there for Remembrance Weekend as well as Dedication Day. So uh, Saturday the 17th, Sunday the 18th, Monday the 19th. And then I was there uh, full day on Tuesday, came back to Canton, Ohio to spend Thanksgiving with my friends on Wednesday. So I, um, so it was my friend Jeff and I who went. So Mr. Lincoln, the ages on, on Twitter, uh, he and I have gone on a few road trips together. So we arrived on Saturday right as the Remembrance Day parade was finishing up. I don't recommend that. <laughs> Took us forever to get over to where our hotel was. And I, I stood at one point, I'm like, I swear the entire Army of the Potomac is crossing in front of my car right now because there's all these like reenactors crossing in front of you. Um, but it was kind of cool to see them. Like they're like, some of them have such amazing detailed costumes and there was some, I think, zoo-offs. Zoo Am I saying mm -hmm, that right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, mm -hmm. there's some of them too. So it was cool to see the costumes um, and the dresses that the ladies were wearing. Um, so also on Saturday, when we were finding a place to park, um, before we got something to eat, I saw General Grant and then I ended up meeting General Grant, <laughs> which some people, I posted a picture of it on Twitter and some of my followers were like, what is General Grant doing at Gettysburg? But they have a part in the Remembrance Day Parade, which is where, um, reenactors or like portrayers of different generals, they march in the parade. So there was a Grant, there was Lee, there's General Meade there. I didn't see Sherman, which was kind of disappointing, but he might have been there. I'm not sure, though. Um, so Saturday evening, I went to a lecture um, at the Gettysburg Visitor Center called Evening with the Cyclorama. And it's basically a lecture about the Cyclorama given by Sue Boardman, who she was the historical consultant when they did the conservation work on the Cyclorama a few years ago. And I think she's also a licensed battlefield guide. So she gives this really informative, interesting lecture about the history of the cyclorama um, and cycloramas in general. It's very well done. It's my second time actually at the presentation. I enjoyed it so much the first time I wanted to, to go back again. Um, and then you get behind the scenes tour of the painting. So 
you can go in, take as many photos of the painting as you want. Um, and then you go down onto the diorama part of it, which is where they have like props um, and all that for it. And then you literally get to be inches from the painting and you can see how they managed to get the 3D effect by how the painting has to be hung with these like really heavy weights on the bottom and that it kind of like bows inward um, and it does look 3D. Um, but once you get up, cl up close to it, like it, like stuff does like, you know, faces that look clear from far away, they aren't very clear when you're up close to them. And then I got to go behind the painting. So that was really cool too. Um, there is a book that um, I didn't buy this time, but the last time I was there, I bought it called the Gettysburg Cyclorama, which Sue Boardman is a co-author of. And it's a really great companion piece to have after you've been to the lecture. Um, but if any of our listeners are ever in Gettysburg, and that lecture happens to be going on, I think it's around $20 and it's a couple hours. It is well worth it. It is so interesting to learn, like just these interesting little tidbits about the artist, about the painting itself. And it really gives you a better understanding of the painting. And it was like, just, it was really cool to see. Yeah. That's one so thing then, about, uh, that's one thing about Gettysburg that, I don't know if they do a good enough job of getting the word out. Cause like, I remember I was mm -hmm. just there this past summer um, and I knew what it was. I didn't really, I don't really recall it being referred to as a cyclorama. So like when we were purchasing mm -hmm. our tickets for stuff, um, I was talking to my wife and like, I don't know, we should just get the museum. I don't know if we want to get the more expensive that's the museum and the cyclorama because like, I, I'm like, I don't even know what that is, <laughs> you know? And like, I should know of all, you know, like we're, fairly active in the civil war, you know, Twitterverse or whatever. Um, so like I, you know, and then I'm like, Oh wait, that's that three, you know, the 3d 360, you know, painting. Mm -hmm. So like they, that's one thing that I think that you just make sure you like you're aware of, or, or if you hear of people going, let them know, like, go see that it's worth it. And they don't like when you, when you're buying your tickets, it's like, okay, a 360 degree painting, like, it sounds. It doesn't sound like mm -hmm. it's nearly as breathtaking as it is. I think they kind of downplay it a little more. Not. I don't want to say downplay. They, I don't think they play it up enough. Like they really should market it. Like this yeah. is actually a really cool thing, because it doesn't. It doesn't sound cool. I'll be honest. Like we're like, all right, three hundred sixty degree painting, like whatever. And then you go there. It's like, you know, my kids were like enthralled. It was really, really worth it. So that is one thing I will say about Gettysburg. I think they need to do a better job of, because everything else in the battlefield sells itself. And I think they kind of go with the same idea, like, we don't have to advertise, you know, the the cemetery part or Missionary Ridge or whatever else, like Little Round Top, whatever. People are going to go. But I don't think the cyclorama is necessarily like that. So tell your friends. They should check that out. Yeah, it's very, it, it's very cool. And yeah, I do agree. Like, it's not very well advertised. Like, the lecture, there was maybe like 30 of us there. And I told somebody else about it the next day and they were like, oh, I didn't even know they gave lectures about the cyclorama. And, but, um, and basically just for our listeners that who don't know the cyclorama is just, it's basically like painting in the round 3d painting. Uh, they were really popular in the 1880s and the 1890s. And this particular one at Gettysburg depicts Pickett's charge. So day three of, of the battle. And it is quite, it is, it does look very 3d um, when you're in there looking at it. It's badass. Badass. It, is. it got, is. got me. But I don't know if we want to get it too popular because next time I go there, 
I'd rather be in a lecture with like 30 people than 130. Exactly. Well, they can, there's no way they could fit 130 people into the room we were in. Okay. You pro- you probably Is there a could. cap on it, you think, or no? I think probably about 40. Okay. I'm thinking. And it usually, they, they usually do it like twice a month, I think. What was the time on this? What was the time frame? Uh, it was from five till seven. Yeah. Oh yeah, then you go bam, go get dinner right after that. Exactly. Yeah. It was the perfect time. Um, like and it's I mean, it could be a little bit shorter if there's less people and depending how much time you spend with the painting, like some people might, you know, leave right after the lecture part if they've already seen the painting or something, but I don't know why you would because you get to go like right down next to it. Um after we saw the painting, we went over to the cemetery because they have the um, all the soldiers' graves have illuminations on them. And the last two years, the illumination has been canceled because of weather. So we were holding our breath that it would be okay, and it was. And it is one of the most moving things I've ever been to, um, like to do with the Civil War they have people reading out the names of all the soldiers. And when they get to one that's unknown, they just say unknown. And sometimes there will be just a string of unknowns. Um, and they have um, like reenactors standing guard around the memorial. And it's just, everybody's very quiet. Like no one's really talking. Um, I did post a few pictures on, on Twitter as well. Um, and and facebook and it's very like i i would love to go back i i had tears in my eyes at some point walking around looking at it but what a beautiful way to like tribute to those soldiers and just to remember them and i think antietam is doing theirs this weekend but again it's it's weather permitting there's i think and i know shiloh does one and i think a couple of the other battlefields do one as well but that's another thing. If you ever get a chance to see something like that, see it because it's, it's very moving. Yeah. And I really, really enjoyed your photos that you shared from that. So definitely um, mm-hmm. listeners should check that out as well. Um, you know, and I just can't admit cause like it's, well, Abraham Lincoln called it the, you know, hollowed ground. Um, mm-hmm. But when there's like, I mean, it's, it's moving enough on its own. I can't imagine when there's, extra reverence and you know and things like that so yeah yeah very cool so then on sunday we were actually invited to go over to the hotel where the um every year in gettysburg on remembrance week or i guess yeah remembrance weekend they have the um annual lincoln forum symposium so it's $35 to join the Lincoln Symposium per year. It's a little bit more. I think it's around 350 to go to, to the actual, like, the forum that they have each year at um, Hotel in Gettysburg. And, of course, the name is escaping me. But um, so while we were there, I met my friend Angela, and I've known her for more than five years. We've been talking Lincoln for five years, never met her in person until a couple weeks ago. So it was really cool to meet her. Um, And I also met Dana, who is the editor. He's the editor of Civil War Times and Melissa, who is the chief photographer for Civil War Times. Um, They had invited us over there to kind of, they showed us the little bookstore that they have there. So I bought my first Harold Holzer book. I couldn't believe I didn't have one till now, but I got just because we had just recorded our book about Lincoln in the press. I got his book about Lincoln and the power of the press. Um, 
So you were kind of balling out there. Uh, Civil War fangirl go out no. there getting invited <laughs> to all the VIP stuff. Man, I, we need to be rolling with Mary more. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> we all need to go to the forum next year. I agree. Get press passes. I agree. I agree. Um, so Angela gave me an itinerary of what they did this year. And the theme this year was Lincoln and the Civil War in fact, fiction and memory. And it sounds like they had some pretty good, pretty cool things going on. And there was about, I think, 250 people there. And they have like, you know, talks throughout the day, breakout sessions, um, little bookstore where you can buy stuff. Um, I, I did see um, one of the guests we had on the show, da um, Dr. David Kent. Mm. He was yeah. there. I saw him briefly. I meant to go back and say hi to him. But then when I went back, he was somewhere else. Um, so I didn't get a chance to talk to him. I met George Buss, who is a Lincoln portrayer. He's one of the nicest gentlemen I've ever met before. He very warmly welcomed us um, when we met him. Um, so from, it was really cool to see Illinois, that. by the way. Pardon? He's from Freeport, Illinois. Oh, that's right, mm -hmm. too. Mm -hmm. um, so after that, did that, we, I went back over to the visitor center and Jeff Shira, I hope I'm saying his name right, happened to be signing books that day. He's my favorite author. So I like, I bought some books that I needed to complete one of the series that I'm reading by him. Um, and I did this fun little thing at a Victorian, Victorian photo studio in Gettysburg. Oh, I got I like a tin type photo taken. Um, so it's um, victorianphotostudio.com and the girl who was our photographer, her name was Liz and she was awesome and really nice and really helpful. And so I dressed up in this like 1860s dress and then my friend was a, a colonel. So we got this tin type photo and it's so much better to do that than, I mean, like if you want to do the fun kind of things they have at amusement parks and stuff like that, you know, those old timey photos, they have some of those at Gettysburg, but to do the real thing that they had back then was really interesting. So I got to see the whole, like they show you the whole process, how they do it. And you get to see the photo, like the tintype develop right in front of you. Um, so Again, that's another place I would recommend going to in Gettysburg is the Victorian Photo Studio. It's really cool. And they do costume rentals too, so they were really busy on Remembrance Weekend. Um, so, and then Monday was Dedication Day, which was, I definitely want to go back. I think we need to do a real sort of road trip. Agreed. Sometime to it. Oh, yeah. Um, so, they have a bunch of different speakers there, and... I was very lucky to get wristbands from George Bus that I sat. Um, well, you guys have seen the video that I took. I was I was quite close to the stage, um, and so the the keynote speaker this year was Dr. Janet Morgan Riggs. She's president of Gettysburg College, and her speech was about how the Gettysburg Address is still relevant today and how we can apply it to. Um, what's happening to the current situ situation in both the U.S. and the world. It, she made it quite apparent in her speech that she is not a Trump supporter, but she did it in the most beautiful, eloquent way possible. Never mentioned his name, um, but you knew exactly what she meant. She was never booed once at all. Like she got a standing ovation at the end. Um, 
And it was so, as I said, eloquent. It was thought-provoking and very moving. And it's going to be posted. Um, they're going to post the whole dedication at some point. So when they do that, I'll make sure I tweet that out from the Real Splitter account because it's a speech that I think everybody needs to listen to. It was so, so good. Um, and then George Buss, Lincoln portrayer. He's portraying Mr. Lincoln, obviously. He delivered the Gettysburg Address. And I think Jeremy's going to play a sound clip of that for us. Yep, so we'll listen to that right now. Okay. Seven years ago, our fathers brought forth upon this continent a new nation conceived in liberty and dedicated to the proposition that all men are created equal. Now we are engaged in a great civil war, testing whether that nation or any nation so conceived and so dedicated can long endure. We are met on a great battlefield of that war. We have come to dedicate a portion of that field as a final resting place for those who here gave their lives that that nation might live. It is altogether fitting and proper that we should do this. But in a larger sense, we cannot dedicate, we cannot consecrate, we cannot hallow this ground. The brave men, living and dead, who struggled here have consecrated it far above our poor power to add or detract. The world will little note nor long remember what we say here, but it can never forget what they did here. It is for us, the living, rather, to be dedicated here to the unfinished work which they who fought here have thus far so nobly advanced. It is rather for us to be here dedicated to the great task remaining before us, that from these honored dead, we take increased devotion to that cause for which they here gave the last full measure of devotion. That we here highly resolve that these dead shall not have died in vain. That this nation under God shall have a new birth of freedom and that government of the people by the people, for the people, shall not perish from the earth. Okay, so I just went ahead and put the whole speech in there since it's only a couple minutes long, 200 some odd words. Uh, so hopefully you enjoyed uh, George Buss's um, presentation there of the Gettysburg Address. I've, I thought that, uh, and granted I also had the video that Mary took. Um, one, I was really surprised at the sound quality. They've obviously... Mm. Hats off to the National Park Service. They, uh, you yep. know, it appeared that they did a pretty good job because if that was recorded with just an iPhone, that's pretty pretty clear. Um, and I think you can get a pretty good idea just for um, how great uh, Mr. Bus is as a Lincoln presenter. Um, when Nick and I went to their conference, uh, he was there and I actually saw him give a performance uh, the, as part of that conference. Um, there's an awful lot of Lincoln presenters who have the look down pretty well 
Um, he he is one who has the whole presentation. Um, mm-hmm. Lincoln knowledge, the mannerisms, as you know, as much as research has showed us, his voice was, you know, as he gave that speech, a little higher in pitch, a little weaker as far as a speech, you know, which would have happened at the time without amplification. So, yeah, very well done. Um, and to see that done there had to be pretty moving. Um, and it's good to hear, too, that uh, the keynote didn't didn't pull an Edward Everett and still gave a memorable speech. It's got to be kind of intimidating to be like, you're the keynote. Historically speaking, this is the most famously botched speech ever, the warm-up act to the Gettysburg Address, that the most widely panned speech <laughs> possibly in American history. So um, it's good to hear that that speech actually uh, actually went well. Yeah, no, she did a wonderful job and uh, Mr. Buss did a wonderful job as Lincoln. And then the final part of the ceremony was um, a naturalization ceremony. So for you new U.S. citizens and, Im- and immigrants, and that was really moving to see as well. And uh, there was even a Canadian getting her U.S. citizenship that day, which is um, she looked very, very happy to be doing so. So it was nice to see all these new you citizens. You finally did it? You finally got dual citizenship? <laughs> yeah, I did. <laughs> no. So do they always do that, or was that something something new they, this year? I think they always do it. Awesome. Um, which it was so awesome and moving to see that. Like, the whole dedication day was I just, like, I... I see why some people make it an annual event if they live really close to it, because it's really cool to be in Gettysburg. Um, one thing I forgot to mention is the night before, so on the Sunday night on the 18th, the um, the railway station where Lincoln arrived, as well as the David Wills house, were open um, until 8 o'clock. So we started off at the railway station and we walked the same route that Lincoln would have walked up to the David Wills house, and we got to see the David Wills house, so went inside, saw the bedroom where he finished the speech, um, there's a saddle blanket that was on the horse that he rode there. So that is something else that's done every year too. And that was really, um, just to be where he was that night. And then the next day, uh, was really cool. Wow. Excellent. Um, so, uh, anything else on Gettysburg? I know you did some other side trips that you might want to talk about too on the show. Um, um, so actually Monday night, it was a beautiful evening. So um, I we walked along Hancock Ave, which is right across from our hotel. Um, Hancock Ave is where the union was on day three of Gettysburg. So for tickets charge, beautiful sunset. There's a, That's where the Meade Monument is. Uh, General Gibbon, who's one of my favorite generals, he's there. There's a witness tree there as well. Um, and it's a beautiful spot to watch the sunset. Um so then Tuesday, we just toured the battlefield and didn't get it all done. Um, it was kind of, it was even a little bit colder. And as Nick and I were chatting earlier, I am a wimp when it comes to the cold, even though I'm Canadian. Um, but it was a cloudy day, so it was a great day to take pictures. And I got some um, really good shots of uh, General Warren up on Little Round Top. He's the guy that stands up in Little Round Top. Um, the one thing that I think I would do next time I'm there is if I'm there for more than three days is break it into doing day one, day two, day three. Um, and then that way you have time because there's a lot of little cool shops in downtown Gettysburg to go in a lot of antique shops and I'm into antiquing and looking for used books and all that. So, um, it was a very whirlwind tour I had there. So I felt like I didn't have enough time to see everything. 
Um, I totally recommend the bridge. That's how I did it. I actually yeah. did four days. One day we got like the the guide who went with oh, us cool. in the car. Yeah. And then day one, day two, day three. So, but I'm uber nerdy when it comes to visiting oh, battlefields. So am I. I'm already thinking of starting to like plan out like like stuff for my next trip there because I think I'm going to try and get back there in the spring. Um, and then on Tuesday afternoon, I met up with um, my friend John. We'd never met in person before, so we got a chance to meet. And um, a few of you will know him on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram as the Tattooed Historian. Um, on Twitter, his handle is Inked Historian. And he is a really cool guy who's doing really cool things with history and basically bringing it to people that, um, you know, those of us who are already interested, but getting people interested in it who, who maybe aren't just yet, just so we can keep the history alive, not just of the civil war, but he's into world war one and world war two as well. So he is a really cool, uh, down to earth guy to hang out with and talk to. So I'm glad I got to meet him as well. And then my final history stop was on Saturday. I went over to Lancaster, Ohio, to where William Tecumseh Sherman's uh, boyhood home is. So I got to see that. And that was, I wasn't knowing what to, I didn't know what to expect because um, it's a very small museum, but it's very well done. And if you're in the area of Lancaster, I would um, recommend vis visiting it because they've got a lot of cool artifacts there. Um, the tour guides are very informative and it's, um, so it's a cool place. Like, I mean, if you like Sherman, it's a great place to go. Um, and the town of Lancaster is really nice, too. Did you take the tour guides on the tour of the house? <laughs> <laughs> she was trying to stump me, which was, I mean, she was kind of like, she was kind of laughing about it. But she's like, I'm going to stump you. And um, no, I had a really, really good time. And I actually I learned quite a bit on the tour about Sherman's childhood and about his mother um and his father and um just the family girl like it was only i think when they were there it was only like a two-bedroom house so they had like i think there was like eight kids wow. so they had the parents in one room and then all the kids in the other room he was only there till he was nine though because his father passed away when he was nine and mother couldn't afford to look after them all so he actually moved two doors down to live with um the ewings who he ended up marrying their daughter, uh, Ellen. Yeah. <laughs> he married his foster sister. <laughs> it was a different time. Yeah, exactly. Um, so was there, I just finished, um, um, the American Ulysses, which is uh, White's, uh, grant biography. Mm -hmm. Um, and I always knew that Sherman's brother, you know, um, William Sherman's brother, John was a mm -hmm. Senator. I don't think I really understood the magnitude of his career and how important he was. Um, arguably, you know, at the time was probably as famous, maybe even more famous than his brother. I mean, it's not about fame necessarily, but yeah. importance, whatever, historically significant, um, well known at the time um, as his as his brother Bill. Um, was what was the what was the John Sherman stuff like? Was there, did you see a lot of his stuff at all? Yep. They had some, they had a couple paintings of him. They had some artifacts of his, which I, I really enjoyed seeing that too. Cause I really like, I, I like learning about John too. Cause John knew Lincoln um, when he was first elected president. Um, and then John actually made a bid for the presidency, but Garfield ended up um, running for, instead he got, he won the, uh, the ticket for his party instead of John winning it. 
Um, yeah, there was some, yeah, there was two paintings, a couple artifacts. Um, trying to think of what else there was, but yeah, John was definitely, he figured into it as well. There's actually a, um, like kind of a silhouette almost of, I don't know what you would call it, but it's a piece of art of Lincoln's, just a side view of Lincoln and it belonged to John and it was there in the house and it was a beautiful piece of art. Yeah, and his uh, and you know, for those of you who may not be aware, he um, was in the House of Representatives for ten terms. Uh, then was um, the senator from Ohio for um, sixteen years. It looks like um, when he was picked by President Hayes to be the um, Secretary of the Treasury. Um, so, kind of an interesting. Parallel of careers with another Ohioan, Salmon Chase, who was also a senator from Ohio and then Secretary of the Treasury. Um, and then after he was Secretary of the Treasury, uh, went back to the Senate uh, and was Senate for another was a senator for another couple of years, um, and then was Secretary of State very late in life. Um, so two different cabinet positions, two different sits in the Senate, and then a sit in the House, um, and was very, very much an influential person in the formation of the Republican Party, uh, being from the important state of Ohio. So um, I don't think, you know, Mary, you know this a lot better than I do, but, you know, it's, um, I think Sherman, William, William Tecumseh Sherman's career probably wouldn't be what it, wouldn't have been what it was had it not been for his brother in some oh, ways. I agree. Um, I agree. And, and maybe even vice versa. Yeah. I, well, well, John was the one that went to Lincoln when Sherman had his breakdown in uh, I think it was in 62 and his wife went to Lincoln as well um, both of them saying you need to you know reinstate him he's not crazy he's just going through a rough patch right now um, and Sherman I think was um, definitely more of an abolitionist like you could not consider William to be an abolitionist at all but I think John Sherman was because when when William was down in Louisiana just before the outbreak of the Civil War, there was rumors about his brother being an abolitionist, and they asked William at this dinner party one night, "Are you an abolitionist too?" And he kind of, he sort of defends his brother, um, but then he says he's like, "No, no, I'm not thinking the same way that he does." And yeah, I think that that's you know he's a very important figure in the whole Grant Sherman. Mm -hmm. You know, you yeah. kind of look at those two. I think um, John Sherman, Phil Sheridan, to a large degree, is kind of, um, I don't want to say overlooked, but maybe overshadowed by mm -hmm. the by how mythic Sherman and Grant in their friendship yes. has become. Um, Sheridan probably most is most overshadowed because um, mm -hmm. I don't think he was a whole lot less significant historically than Sherman but I think he gets overshadowed. And then, of course, now William Tecumseh Sherman, I think, overshadows John Sherman. But at the time, I think they were probably equally as important. Yeah, and certainly, I think they were equally famous. Right. And certainly relied on each other, and Lincoln relied on them too. Um, and mm -hmm. then certainly in the whole Reconstruction transition from Johnson to Grant and the Grant presidency, very important people, for yeah, sure. totally agree. Well, when you got Civil War fangirl, one of the world's uh, most famous Twitter people out there, definitely not giving to others a fair shake and giving it to her boy, uh, you know, um, William Sherman. So we could play Mary for that. You have written him out of history, Mary. No, I have not. 
You tweeted <laughs> yeah. them out of history. Well, yes. I think there, there's probably a whole ep- there's probably a whole episode here, but I think you're right, Nick. But like, I I may be wrong, but I doubt that there's like a mid 19th century Senate fangirl Twitter account with nearly as many followers. Like we, no. you know, war figures for better or for worse. <laughs> We're interested, right? We talk. We we obviously we're Civil War buffs. Like, we talk about it an awful lot. So, like, mm-hmm. I, I I understand why Bill Sherman has become who he's become, and, and I'm not trying to downplay him at all. I'm more just trying to point out that John Sherman was important and often overlooked. Yeah. Um, while at the time, you know, because I think now, like, who like the generals of the Iraq War, the Afghanistan, the Afghan War, like maybe like the top general is about all we know, but you can you can list off the senators that are working through issues right now. So I know yeah. it's a different time and, you know, news media was totally different and all that kind of stuff. But um yeah, how we look at war, especially this particular war, is very fascinating. But, you know, mm-hmm. that's not what we're here to talk about. But I mean <laughs> generally speaking that's why we're a podcast. But this particular episode not so much. I'm gonna uh, do a branch off podcast just on John Sherman. So it's going to be a spinoff, kind of like, you know, how Frasier was a spinoff of Cheers. No, I know what a spinoff is. I was just <laughs> clarifying it. So you guys are welcome to join me if you want for that. Um, I totally would. <laughs> what are you going to name it? The Rail Spitter is such a powerfully strong name. I love the name of our podcast. We don't, you don't even know what, what John Sherman's nickname is. Big Brother? Uh, not, in the, not in the probably. Orwellian sense. I was gonna name it Johnny Boy Sherman's Pod. <laughs> Johnny Boy. He All did right. have. Um, there was a brigade that he formed in the Civil War, and it was called the Sherman Brigade. There you go. The, Ooh, the John there we Sherman go. Brigade. The Sherman. The Sherman Brigade. Brigade. Yep. <laughs> so. All right. We well, uh, we do want to leave a little bit of time uh, for the second kind of little mini part of the episode uh, this week, which is we could just push that to next week's episode. And just make it the whole episode. That's a lot. You must have some amazing ideas for Lincoln gifts. If we, I don't know. I was just throwing that out there. Aren't we getting close to the hour mark? I don't even know where we're at. We're at 46 minutes. Just an idea. We're calling it on air. They're hearing our... All right. So we next, still got to do the... Yeah. So next week... I don't know. Then we can start the book club next week. Not start the book club, but lay the book club out. Well, I have an idea for that. The- I have an idea for that, and I apologize if you are, if we if we appear to be a woefully unorganized podcast. The book, <laughs> we are. Uh, the book for the book club is divided up nicely. Uh, the chapters are a little bit bigger uh, than many books, so four chapters is just about a third of the way through. Uh, so I think that that's a pretty clean uh, spot to to pick. Um, so the first four chapters, I think is a good thing. If you both are okay with that for the first installment yep. of, uh, the rail splitter book club, second, the set, the first installment of the second edition, I don't know, of the, uh, rail splitter book club, which is going to be on Lincoln's greatest speech, the second inaugural, uh, which is by, uh, Ronald White, um, who I just mentioned, um, I read his grant biography. I've also read his a Lincoln which is his uh, full-volume Lincoln biography. Both very, very good, very readable. Um, sometimes biographies can be a little heavy for a kind of curl-up-and-read type situation. I would not say that. I think that they're 
um, appropriately academic while also being accessible and readable. So um, I think we can look at maybe in, what do you think, three weeks, uh, chapter a week, you know, so then we can do a sh one episode on the uh, first third of the book uh, in three weeks. Um, yeah. Yep. Cool. Easily uh, doable. Yep. And, of course, we'll just go ahead and push it to the next episode. So sorry we teased you in the beginning with some Lincoln gift ideas. We still have plenty I'm of time. Sorry I talked so much about <laughs> Oh, no worries. That was, a, that was a really interesting conversation. I really appreciated that, Mary. Well, um, this is going to be better anyways because all the people who are slacking on getting the gifts are going to need ideas. And yeah. we give them the ideas. Granted, it's going to be for the people who are listening so they can go buy themselves the gifts. Uh, yeah, there's nothing wrong with that. Self-love, man. Or actually, it'll help our numbers because they'll tell their significant others to listen to this episode of The Rail yes. Splitter because this is my list. So this is going to be a what they call, I think, in the biz, a rating bonanza. <laughs> All right. Let's hope. Let's, we can only hope. Um, so uh, next week, we will bring to you gift ideas for The Rail Splitter that is your in your group of friends and family. Uh, which brings us to our Of the People, By the People. Uh, I'll go first this week just because mine's a little bit more general. Um, you just heard a breakdown of Mary's trip to Gettysburg and then some side trips in Ohio. Um, the social media coverage that you did and then all around that Gettysburg event I thought was really cool. Um, so I would just recommend, and I know this may sound a little self-serving to the show, but um, our, our Twitter account and Mary's Twitter account really has some nice photos of the Gettysburg events. Um, so I'm going to pick that for this week. Just collectively, uh, Mary's posts from her trip, I think were, I enjoyed them and kind of felt like I, I was sharing the experience in a, in a, in a little bit, in a small way too. So check those out. I agree Thank with you. that. Thank you. Yeah. I, I enjoyed tweeting about it and, um, I, want to thank my followers and, and you guys as well for following along with me while I was there and just, uh, it was an amazing time and I hope I can go back again at that time of year because it was really just, um, it's one of the best times I've ever had there. Did you autograph any babies? Were you asked to do that? No. Okay. Um, I could go next. Mine's from the Facebook account. Uh, Eric Lee, he posted, he was down in Springfield. <coughs> Excuse me. Oh man, you all right there? Sorry, yeah, sorry. I was trying to hold it in. Didn't work out well. Am I not supposed to go through Eric Lee's stuff? Go for, no, no. That was uh, a tickle in my throat. Very sorry. Do you and Eric Lee have a beef? Not at all. Not at all. The only beef I have is with this little tickle in my throat. Uh, Eric Lee posted to Facebook. He was at the Festival of Trees in Springfield, and there was numerous Lincoln-themed trees. Uh, so I thought that was cool, kind of interesting. Um, yeah, stuff looked awesome. I'm a big fan of doing theme trees. Because I will, I've not yet put it up, but I will have my Darth Vader tree up yet again. Awesome. And I thought Eric Lee's post was really, really cool too. Um, see the tree. Um, so mine is actually Gettysburg related as well. But um, each year, Lincoln belongs to the ages. He live tweets as Lincoln, um, the Gettysburg Address, and the the events the night the night before. So. I got to be there with Jeff as he was doing the tweets and some of them he was live tweeting about as Lincoln from the David Wills house. So that was really cool to see that. But um, I just want to say how great his tweets were that he does them every single year. And he brings like Lincoln's experience in Gettysburg. I think he helps bring it alive and to people. 
um, you know, and it just kind of really is a great way to remember Lincoln and one of um, one of the greatest speeches that um, he he ever gave. Um, so I just want to thank Jeff for that and his hard work in doing that. Yeah, excellent, and I agree. It was a, it's a great follow. Um, <clears throat> this week in our this week in Lincoln, uh, I'm just gonna throw one in there. Uh, we, um, for various reasons, kind of stayed in a different side of town in Springfield. I was in Springfield for the Thanksgiving holiday, which was another lovely visit. It lifted my spirits as it always does. Um, but we were in a different side of town, so I was able to drive into Springfield uh, from the south, I believe. Um, and there's a Rosati's pizza there, which is not a big deal, but on the side of the building is a Abraham Lincoln eating pizza, which is awesome. So that is this week in Lincoln this week. So if you're on the south side of Springfield, I think it is, I don't know, it's over by the Walmart, kind of by Toronto road for those of you in Springfield. Um, Rosati's pizza is nothing special. If you're in Springfield, go to Gabatoni's. That's the best pizza in Springfield. We went there. It's amazing. But on the side of Rosati's Pizza, they do have a picture of Abraham Lincoln eating pizza, which was super cool. My son, my seven-year-old, is um, obsessed with pizza. I'm obsessed with Abraham Lincoln. It was kind of a nice little um, melding of the two. Um, so, yeah, I thought that was cool. Uh, so that is our This Week in Lincoln This Week. Any parting thoughts, Mary or Nick? Yeah, what would Lincoln eat on his pizza? <sighs> I, I, he probably didn't even know what pizza was. Did they have pizza then? I mean, I know they had pizza, no. but did we? Then, yeah, couldn't have been. I think I it would be... have been minimal, minimalist because he didn't eat very much to begin with. I think it would have had like three toppings on it. Yeah, he would have been thin crust. Yeah, with pineapple. No, no, he's not no. Doing pineapple. no, blasphemy. No. I mean, no. keep in Pepper mind his, keep in mind his daily lunch was an apple and a glass of milk. So this is not like a, uh, you know, not a foodie necessarily. Definitely pineapple. Uh, Deep no, dish no. pineapple. It would be. I will say this: it would be Gabatoni's because that's like vintage Springfield. Like it's super good. You should check it out. Gabatoni's. Uh, I'll second that. Outstanding. Yep, for sure. Um, All right. Well, without uh, without any other parting thoughts, I guess we'll call it a show. Uh, Next week we will be back with some gift ideas for the holidays uh, for the Lincoln fan in your circle. So for Rail Splitter Nick and Rail Splitter Mary, I am Rail Splitter Jeremy signing off for this weekend, reminding you to continue to walk the world with malice toward none and with charity for all. And we'll see you next week.